Hello, I'm back as usual at the end of a season with a little bonus episode. We spent this season of Give Me Some Truth focused on Yoko Ono's 4th of June 1968 audio diary, and one thing that cropped up in my discussion with Chip, Aaron, and Robert was, what was Yoko actually using to record her diary? There is a photo of her I've seen, and maybe you guys have seen it too, circa this period, judging by what she looks like. She's lotus position on the floor with a microphone in front of her and a reel-to-reel tape recorder. Have you guys seen that? Mm. Yes. That's when she was recording her demos for Island Records. So it, it predates John. Oh, okay. But it's in London, right, Chip? Yeah. No, it's a great picture. Is the around the time of the Half a Wind show, I think? That, I, that would look about right. Late 67, sort of. Is the source of the tape we're discussing, was it recorded on a cassette, like a portable cassette player? Do we happen to know? The reason I ask is because that's a bit more discreet than having a reel-to-reel in front of you. Hmm. I would have to think it was a cassette. Uh-huh. Because I'm thinking if she had something that was obvious, like a reel-to-reel in front of her and a mic in front of her, as these people are working around her or she's in the control room and they're down on the floor but might be passing through because you hear them on the tape in the background, that I would have think would have struck them as what is she doing recording? And maybe... Doesn't she... She talks about George and Ringo smiling at her when she has a mic in front of her face. And thinking uh-huh. that they must think she's crazy. That's right. That's right. So the question is, was Yoko using a larger reel-to-reel recorder like she's seen using in the photos taken in late 67 in her and Tony Cox's London flat, 25 Hanover Gate? Or was she using a smaller, more discreet cassette recorder with a microphone attachment? Well, the photographs from this session don't give us any information. But I stumbled upon a clue in an unlikely source. I recently read an interesting book that tangentially relates to the Beatles. The book is His Master's Voice, Sir Joseph Lockwood and Me, written by the chairman of EMI's longtime assistant and lover, William Cavendish. It's a combination of a biography about Lockwood's life and a memoir of Cavendish's 30-odd years as his companion. Cavendish's access to Lockwood's diaries and files means that the history and timeline discussed in the book is very detailed and quite accurate. The day after the 4th of June 1968 Revolution session at EMI Studios, Cavendish notes that the four Beatles were scheduled to meet with Sir Joseph Lockwood at EMI House. Here's his description. On the 5th of June, the Beatles came to lunch at Manchester Square. The lift door opened and five creatures emerged. We were expecting four. Lennon and his companion were identically clad in white, collarless trouser suits. They were photographed later that day, dressed in this way at Robert Fraser's art gallery. Robert was the son of Joe's merchant banker friend, Lionel Fraser, who once congratulated Joe's knighthood with that Cole Porter song. Robert championed avant-garde artists who are now household names. He dealt in drugs, was famously arrested with Mick Jagger and Marianne Faithful and died of AIDS. Lennon's partner, introduced to us as my secretary, was of undefinable sex, a tiny figure in trousers, shaggy black hair obscuring its face. It was something Lennon realized required clarification when he signed the butler's visitor's book. Yoko Ono, in brackets, female. All was revealed. This was the conceptual artist who sought notoriety with her bottoms film. Joe was impressed with my knowledge as I whispered the identity of our guest. 
In fact, it was a movie devoted exclusively to naked male bottoms, something even Andy Warhol hadn't attempted, which established Yoko Ono in my mind. One might say I was the first person in EMI to accept her. She sat in my lap as she squeezed beside Lennon at the dining table, where no place was laid for her. That is how I saw the concealed Phillips cassette tape recorder that she was having trouble adjusting. She would not have made a very good spy. Her wires were tangled. Aha! It seems Yoko still had her trusty cassette tape recorder with her from the previous day. Cavendish remembered it as one made by Phillips, which may or may not be accurate, but Phillips did have a battery-powered portable cassette recorder, the EL3300, with handheld microphone attachment, that they had first introduced to the market in 1963. So it is a likely candidate. By 1968, Phillips and their subsidiary brand, Norelco, had introduced two newer models, the EL3301 and the EL3302. We know that John had a portable cassette recorder that he used to tape many demos, including the early composing tapes for Strawberry Fields Forever in Almeria, Spain in 1966. Indeed, photographs taken by Douglas Kirkland of John sitting on a single bed strumming a nylon string guitar in El Delfin Verde Hotel in September 1966 show what looks like a Philips EL3300 or 3301 partially in its carrying case, sitting on the opposite bed. This could be the very same one that Yoko used for her audio diaries. While this is not conclusive evidence, it does seem like a reasonable explanation, at least until a new photograph from the 4th of June 1968 session surfaces showing Yoko with the actual device. Oh, and one more note. William Cavendish said that the meeting the Beatles attended at EMI House was on the same day as John's You Are Here exhibition opening at the Robert Fraser Gallery. However, the 5th of June meeting and the 1st of July opening were nearly a month apart. But John and Yoko both wore white outfits for the event, and this was the image Cavendish wished to invoke. Thanks for continuing to tune in. I would love to hear what you thought about this season, dedicating all the episodes to a deep analysis of one topic as opposed to the usual format of one topic per episode. You can let me know on Facebook, Instagram, or X at GiveMeSomeTruthPod or email me at GiveMeSomeTruthPod at gmail.com. I know Yoko's tape is difficult listening, but I really don't think its significance for the historical record can be overstated. Have I made that clear by overstating it? <laughs> okay, that's the last for me on this subject. Until next season. Bye for now.